he's a good quarterback. He got an arm on him. And also, he can move around the pocket. He's not just going to sit there and let you tackle him. Like, so you have to get him off his game, get him uncomfortable throughout the whole game. And, uh, yeah, just so you got to affect him. One of the biggest things, you have to stop the run. They have a great run game. If you can't stop the run, it's, they open up a lot, a lot of the pass game. But the biggest thing is, you know, it's going to be a whole 60-minute game where you play them every single time. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is episode 117. By week no more, the Vikings now have a gauntlet. 11 straight games left in the 2021 season. And it all begins Sunday with a primetime matchup on NBC against the Cowboys. We got the typical cast of characters this week. I guess I could call you ghouls, ghouls and gals. I don't know. I'll take the ghoul. That's fine. I am really just living up this whole Halloween (laughs) vibe that we've got going on. So you just heard Jay Nelson and Gabe Henderson. It's Halloween week. It's Cowboys week. We're back in the building. Uh, Gabe, how was your bye week? Are you feeling well rested? I feel very well rested. (laughs) I was able to get away after the Carolina Panthers game. I stayed in North Carolina for a little bit and then um, came back up here and literally just relaxed. Turned my phone off for a couple of days. Just enjoy just some staycation sometimes staycation is the best getaway and i I enjoyed that i was literally just saying that yesterday i was like i had the bye week but i felt like i caught up on my uh, my normal life so much and went out of town (laughs) that i didn't actually rest during the bye week so i'm still a little tired that happens yeah but it must have been nice though being in carolina after that win and being around, you know, the Panthers faithful, knowing that we walked away with that one. For our uh, radio audience that's listening, I put on about five pounds. Mom cooked a little bit too much and had too much Bojangle. So a good thing this is a podcast and not a show. I put on Fair five enough. pounds, but I don't think I was back in Carolina <laughs> eating that kind of food. Hey, I got I can I brought some back up. The biscuits Uh-oh. were a little stale. <laughs> I bet. Oh no. My mom made but, red her, her famous red beans and rice. And so I must have had like five bowls of uh-huh. that. Yeah. So I'm also, you know, but you know what? It's winter. We need do a you little put extra. Cornbread fluff, in your right? red beans and rice? We do not do that. Okay. I don't I don't know. Don't tell me you don't eat cornbread. I I'm not a big cornbread fan. Oh sure. my gosh. Um personal reasons, just don't like it. I sure. really only like it in chili. Yeah. Okay. But that's red beans solid. and rice is a big is my all time favorite food. Like that's my death row meal. Like if I had to pick one thing, it'd be sure. red beans and rice. Yeah, for me, the if you get the cornbread involved, you gotta have the honey butter. So that's the thing. You gotta yep. do the, the whipped honey butter with that stuff. Makes it solid. But red beans and rice, that is actually one of my favorites too. I love so good. jambalaya red beans and rice, yeah. that kind of stuff. It's all it's all on the menu. Oh, I for did me. have a fried shrimp po' boy too. There you go. Which, mm-hmm. you know, that's always has to be on the menu for as sure. well. Man. So you well, make me Jay, hungry. I know, right? And we're like doing this at, in, in case you didn't know, we do these things in the morning, so we're now talking about this having I, Yeah, I'm going to have my my smoothie as we're talking about go. red beans and rice <laughs> and jambalaya. Making good choices. Did you make some good choices on your buy, Jay? Uh sure. I was catching up with life, catching up with work. I uh, did a bunch of yard work and and tried to get some uh behind the scenes work here at the Vikings done over the weekend as well, but was able to go out and catch a movie, spend some time. Uh, my wife is a teacher, so she's always getting up early and I'm always working late. So it's always kind of like passing through the day, but yeah. actually got to say, hi, I'm your husband. Nice to see you. <laughs> and, uh, it was one of those. It, it, bye week is always uh, welcomed because you can either use it as catch up or you can use it as, as rest or combination of both. And I think everyone always kind of circles that on the week, that weekend on the calendar just to say, okay, here's one more weekend. We can kind of feel normal during the season and then after that it starts sprinting again for this team in particular Gabe do you feel like this bye week came at a good time yeah because you got so many guys banged up um you you got Michael Pierce who we don't know is coming back if he's coming back this week or not but he got an extra week not to play uh you got just some ailing injuries that just happen 
throughout the course of a season that doesn't keep you keep people out, but per per se, but you got guys that, you know, are just banged up. So to have a week off to be able to just literally recover at this time of the year, I think it's it's great for this team because we got a we got a pretty healthy stretch coming up here of games before we get uh that Thursday night game in December against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So after that game we get mm-hmm. it, uh, I think eleven or twelve days off. Yeah, because the Monday night football game follows yeah, against yeah. the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. So we, we needed this. This came at the perfect time. I always wish bye weeks came a little later in the season. For sure. But with some of the things that's been happening to this team, it's time to time to take a deep breath after feeling like we had a 14-game season already. Yeah, honestly, that's exactly how it feels. And and, I, and part of it is nice going into it 3-3. Three and three, It's almost like just resetting the button. I mean, yeah. taking the good things away, obviously, but pressing the reset button and saying the season, the playoff, contentions all that stuff starts now you've got a clean slate because you're just you're three and three the front end of the season you know there's a lot of angst given how close games the close games that we lost and you had uh players getting nicked up and everything like we just mentioned michael pierce but then even like patrick peterson you know getting injured last game got essentially another extra uh week of, of rehab there during that bye week just to focus on that so like you said yeah i think there were definitely some things that you know guys banged up and everything get them some some time to really start to that advanced healing that they can over mm-hmm. over this week but the fact that we got back to 500 here right before the mm-hmm. bye was very very helpful i think it was a good positive feeling going into the bye feeling like we were figuring some stuff out and now these these next four games are going to be murderers row and i think um for the for fans in general and the, the the players and coaches they just have to be saying okay this is about the right time just to kind of reset everything refocus do some self-scouting and figure out what we need to do to knock out these next 11 games. You know, when I took a look at the schedule, you know, this off-season, preseason, I had this game sc- circled uh, for, for multiple reasons. For me, it's the first night game at U.S. Bank Stadium, which I think is just going to look amazing, not to mention I've been looking forward to seeing the snow that falls in the stadium at night because I think, you know, the with with the black backdrop of the night sky, I think you'll be able to see it a little bit more clearly, which it looks amazing in the day. So I just mm-hmm. think it's going to look crazy at night. And it's Halloween night. I love a good spooky night of people dressing crazy and acting funny. And I, I, I fully believe in the whole, like, things are weird on <laughs> Halloween. I am a big believer in that. I think it's like... You know, when there's a full moon, like I'm also thinking weird things happen on full moon. So I am like down for this night. I've been waiting for this game. Jay, does the city light up purple um, for night games? Like, can you see the purple reflection of the city on night? I I mean, we don't know. Sure. Yeah. So I know that a lot of times around the city, especially for big events like this one, um, you know, some of the different bridges that are all lit with different Mm -hmm. colors and those kind of things, they'll light them up purple and stuff like that for us. It just kind of depends on. Um, I haven't heard officially anything happening that way, but okay. a lot of times you'll see that, you know, just everyone wanting to to kind of participate given what it is. Yeah. To be honest with you, I could see people just saying, eh, we're going to light it orange because it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah. but- I don't know, though, but if you but but purple is an alternate Halloween yes. color. If you think about what, like yeah. NFL alternating uniforms, you think of that like fourth color or the third color. Purple is one of them. Yeah. I think it works well. I, I do know that at this point, um, our our game presentation people have been planning for this one from the very beginning all summer so there is some extra stuff that's happening that's exciting there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff so for the fans who've been there and they they saw some of the extra bells and whistles i will say this uh tatum what you just said before 
when we originally tested everything with the snow and everything inside the, the stadium, they did it at night. And, nice. and the lighting and everything <laughs> at night and the extra stuff, the extra bells and whistles are going to do for this weekend. There's some really cool stuff that's going to happen. So it looks, it just, the atmosphere <laughs> looks amazing. That was pretty good. Yeah, the atmosphere looks amazing. Um, so I think as a fan, you should be really excited to, to kind of get down there and see what's going to happen this week. So for me, the other thing you also brought up mm-hmm. was, it's a night game. Oh, I can't and wait. fans on night games are bananas. And it's mm. going to be one of those. Yeah. For for me, it's, yeah, the extra bit of Halloween. Yes. I love going to games just to people watch and just to see what you normally dress crazy for. <laughs> I this just is hope be it's just on a next the level. Charts. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This will be fun. I think, the, I think the last Halloween game I went to uh, NFL-wise mm-hmm. was a, uh, a Bears game in Chicago. Mm. And Chicago does it upright as well. Halloween is a big deal in Chicago. But I think for me, for this one, this is going to be a lot of fun because Dallas fans travel really well. That's true. Vikings fans go bananas on this game. I think in general, the atmosphere at the stadium this weekend is going to be amazing. Cannot agree more. Well, in the spirit of the Halloween season, we've got our game this week is going to be trick or treat. I mean, it was just kind of sitting there, low hanging fruit for me. I'm just, I'm wondering where my candy is. I know know it's breakfast, but I need my candy. I know. I I should have brought some. I should have brought some. I haven't actually like had trick or treaters ever because I've always lived like it. Well, in apartments or even when I had a house in Louisiana, I didn't really, we didn't have trick or treaters. So I'm not used to buying candy because if I buy the candy, I'm the only one that eats it in the house. And we don't need to be doing that. People don't knock on your door, your apartment door. No. You've had that happen? I've had that happen. No, I've never had that. Happen. You'll you'll have that hit happen here. So okay, well, at least buy a bag. Stick, yeah, I was gonna, maybe I should put a bowl of candy outside. Although there are so many dogs at my apartment complex, I'd probably kill one though with some chocolate. <laughs> Don't give them chocolate. I know, right? Right. Well, uh, yeah. So back back on track. We are gonna do a little trick or treat on the show, and um, it's just two rounds. We're gonna go around and say one thing um, that could trick us on Sunday, and one thing that might be a treat for us on Sunday. I guess we'll just get going. Let's start with the tricks. I think tricks are more fun. Well, and trick is first and trick or treat. So let's do some tricks first. So Gabe, if you want to kick things off, we'll just go in a circle, do the first one with tricks. So what's your first trick in this Cowboys-Vikings game? The obvious right now with P2 being out is their pass offense versus our pass defense. Uh, we're not the best pass defense in the NFL. We know that. Uh, the Cowboys, I think they're a top five pass offense. Dak has thrown for 400-plus uh, yards twice this year, and it feels like he's just heating up. So the fact that we don't have a P2, a, a veteran guy, that's one thing. A veteran guy in our secondary um, against these guys in C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Wilson or Michael Gallup, that, that, that does trick me a little bit. I mean, we still got Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods over the top, so that – that does help me rest assured a little bit on top of Cameron Dantzler being in year two and understanding how these guys like to run routes since he played the Cowboys last year. I still think this Dallas Cowboys passing game is, is going to be uh, on fire on, on Saturday. They, I think they have like 25 or 26 explosives, which, which is like the second most explosives yeah. in the pass game in the NFL. So they're coming to stop that a big game too from yeah. CD lamb. Amari Cooper's out there. I mean, it, it really is going to be a tough matchup. But you you also um, you touched on having faith in Cam Dantzler, but I'm also hopefully having faith that Bashad Breeland continues playing as well as he has. And granted, I know I know a lot of that has to do with his partner in crime, yeah. P two. But like, I really do hope to see that he he will be targeted a lot in this game, and I I think that he 
if he plays the way he has the last two weeks, would be really beneficial. For some reason, I'm not really too concerned about Bashad. He mm-hmm. he does well against receivers that like to get out in quick game because he 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 likes to jump routes. So the fact that the Cowboys love running quick game and then they'll do like double moves with only two receivers, that gives him help over the top on the back end with a Pete with a Harrison Smith or mm-hmm. an Xavier Woods. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about no, Bashad like because he's a, he's a veteran. And some of these veterans in these big time games, they just show up. I know mm-hmm. it took Bashad a little bit to to figure things out, especially sure. week one. And no, your, no, your yeah, worry is warranted. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm more concerned about Cam Dantzler just okay. because of the fact that he hasn't played. Sure. Another guy I think within that too that that will need to help have step up is Mac. Like, oh, absolutely. Mackenzie Alexander has a nickel in this one, especially. One of the things with Patrick is you can stick him out there one-on-one and feel like you know that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure these guys love to throw against the zone. But I think having Mac out there more as well in support, kind of in that middle of the field, I think is going to be a big, big, big nugget for us for this game. I agree with you there. Um, those They'll go four and five. Dallas Cowboys will go four and five wide um, 50% of the game. So Mac has to have a big game. EK has to have a big game. Um, anybody that's in the secondary has to have a big game this week. But like, like I said, I'm like Rashad. Like he's, I kind of slept on. It. Like I'm not really concerned about him. Like no, I, that's I, why I, just, I think that's the point I was trying to yeah. kind of make more than anything. Yeah. As long as he continues to play like he has the last two oh, weeks, he'll be, fine. he'll be fine. And that's honestly something that we need to bank on because someone needs to step up in this. And not that he hasn't stepped up, but now you don't have Patrick out there. You mm-hmm. don't have that reliability. So Jay, do you want to go into your trick of the week? Sure. First one, I'm going to jump on here. Lyle Collins coming back off a of five game suspension. So. Getting their big right tackle back for us, we're going to need pass rush on Dak Prescott. And especially with him having, you know, at least a gimpy leg after the last game. <laughs> That's and a good way to put it. <laughs> not quite sure what Dak we're going to get here. Lyle Collins coming back at right tackle for them is going to be a big nugget, Huge. I think. And so um, that's just for me, that's one of the potential tricks is if Lyle is able to either shut down whether they're they're flip-flopping back and forth with our, our defensive ends, I think that's going to potentially be a big deal in this game. It almost feels like, though, that this defensive line is – and then you talk about not worrying about anything. You don't really worry too much about them because they have been so dominant this season leading the lead in sacks. I feel like if as long as they show up, it'll – it'll you know, you got to mess Dak's rhythm them up because once he gets in a rhythm and they get ahead on you you're you're you know playing catch up the entire game and that's that's how they want you the Cowboys want you to have to play catch up to their high-flying offense going into before I knew Dak was still injured one of my like main points going into Sunday was let's push the pocket from the interior and force him to get outside of the pocket and see how good that leg is I don't think he can push off that leg as as good as what people are giving him credit for right now with that injury. A calf injury usually takes like three or four weeks. Yeah, doesn't it linger a little bit longer? From. Yeah, so, and that's and he's it's been one week? Yes, it, Oh, no, he two, wore the he, two because he wore the boot all week last week. And for me, one thing we love seeing is Daniil and Everson chasing a guy down yeah. on the outside. Like, they close so dang quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if, if you can get him uncomfortable up the middle, it's how much of a, of, of a sprint is he going to have to get out and, and buy some time? Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. You see him rolling out, and he's constantly surveying down the field, and he can just flick that ball, and it's going fifty yards yeah. like like nothing. Um, yeah, I think that that's part of the reason for me with with Collins coming back here. That's actually kind of a detriment because I think mm-hmm. you know that's just another safety blanket for him on that outside. Yep. 
Well, I'm going to do my trick up next, and I'm going to take the Cowboys' run defense. Might be a little tricky in this one. They're much improved from last season, where they're allowing almost 160 yards on the ground per game. They've almost cut that in half. It's 86 yards per game right now. And I know that we've got Dalvin Cook feeling healthy off the bye week and Alexander Madison, the one-two punch there. So there's a lot of confidence there. But the defense is only allowing 4.3 yards per carry. And so I think... As I kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of times the Cowboys are not really having to worry about Mm -hmm. the run game because they have such large leads in the majority of the games that they um, have been in and they play from behind or they play from ahead. So obviously the, the teams are not using the run game as much as they are trying to sling the ball down the field. So for me, that's that's a big concern. Um, you know, I, I have complete faith in our running backs, but I do think that this run defense could be one of the best that we've seen so far. One of, not the best, but one of. It, it, you know, it was funny because I, when I was reading about it, it was almost like they took the amount of emphasis that, that the Vikings took on pass rush. Mm-hmm. They took that on run defense this season by adding, you know, Micah Parsons and signing – five vets and, and 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 rookies that play in the front seven. So I think that's been kind of Dan Quinn's, what he hangs his hat on right now. Yeah, yeah, stop the run. Mm-hmm. Stop the run. They, I mean, when you have linebackers like Keanu Neal and Leighton Van Der Esch that are their main linebackers and base personnel, basically when there's two tight ends in the game on the offensive side of the ball, they'll keep two linebackers in. Um, they, they're really good at stopping the run because they just float to the ball so fast. They're like very fast, very cerebral. And they know how to get like to to gaps. Like I feel like as a linebacker, your your main thing is scraping, filling gaps, understanding when to time certain blocks. And th- those guys are just professionals at it. You don't you don't see many linebackers in the league, like two linebackers in the league that can just stop the run the way they do. So Dan Quinn, he brought Keanu Neal from Atlanta when he got the Cowboys defensive coordinator job. So he has a, a couple of his guys on this defense um, that that he knows can make plays when stopping the run. The Cowboys were atrocious in 2020 when it came to stopping yes, the run. not so great. Not great. This is, this is, <laughs> it's this a, is a It's going to be a team. different run defense than we saw last season for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I think to that same point, Damian, Damian Harris did have 100, 100 rushing yards against the Cowboys last week uh, yeah. for, the, for the New England Patriots. And I think if – I don't want to steal your point. No, no, no. But I, I do think that can bode well for this – run offense for the Minnesota Vikings because you you, you know there are rooms uh, to gash this team. Not their greatest performance last season <laughs> or last week against the running backs, but you know I, I do think that as a, as a unit, they're a really strong, strong group. You know, one of the things that Dallas has been known for in the past is having top tier tier linebackers. And one thing, yeah. you know, just given what we were just talking about, it kind of reminds me of us a little bit getting Anthony Barr back. Mm-hmm. You know, Kendrick's Barr and even Vigil and those guys, they're going to be even more important this week going against that, that Dallas rush game as well. Yep. Let's do a treat. Tired of talking about the other stuff. I'm just kidding. Let's do a treat. What is something the Vikings could take advantage of on Sunday, Gabe? Uh, their pass defense. I know we hear Trayvon Diggs, first ever corner to have six, at least six interceptions. Well, an interception in the first six games. He's got seven in the past six. There is a lot of opportunity to to throw the ball downfield on these guys. Trayvon Diggs, he jumps a lot of routes, which is why he's got a lot of those interceptions and a lot of two of. I mean, I'm not going to take any credit from the guy. Seven interceptions. That's a lot of interceptions. But I think if we can take care of the ball and Kirk can put us in really good situations and make good decisions. There's going to be a lot of shots down the field. Um, I always talk about explosives. That's one thing that 
when I played football, our coach, that was like one of the main points that he talked about. How many, on offense, we got to get at least five explosive. On defense, limit them to one or, one or two. An explosive is a 12-yard run, at least 12 yards in a running game, or 16-plus yard pass. The Cowboys have given up 27 pass explosives on the defensive side of the ball, which is tied for fourth in the NFL. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us to continue this Kirktober theme um, that we've had all 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 October. So I think this will be a really good game for a JJ or a Thielen or KJ Osborne, um, even Tyler Conklin. They they give up a lot of yards to tight end. So I think this will be a really good game for those guys to. I won't say have a stat day, but but to have a good game. Uh, high risk, high reward is what I would okay. describe Diggs as, obviously. But yes. but then but yes. then there's also the asterisks next to it because when you're high risk, high reward, it's high risk still. Yes, you, <laughs> you still you still got that that like you said, big opportunity for our receivers to take advantage of, and I don't think that they've necessarily seen a quarterback as efficient who plays a clean game. A, a maybe week two with week Justin one. Herbert or week one with Tom Brady. I yep. mean that. So it's been a few weeks now where they've these the quarterbacks they've played are either young like a Mac Jones last week. You got Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Jalen Hurts. Like these guys are prone to making mistakes, and Kirk is right. just a, playing such a clean game right now. I do also like that point as being a treat. The youth versus experience. The nice thing for us is we have the experience this week. And it kind of feels like, especially given the way this back half of our first six games went, if we get to a point where we are playing from behind and having to play catch up, there isn't necessarily going to be a sense of panic. True. It's going no. to be a, it's we true. know how to handle this situation. Just keep putting the pressure on them and force them to have to score every single time. All right, Jay. Well, on that note, do you want to give us your treat? Sure. One of my treats that I've got here that I'm actually kind of excited to see <laughs> is uh, Xavier Woods and Everson Griffin versus the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, you always know that whenever you're going against your old team or a team that you had played for, you got a little something extra, plus the juice of the game, the juice of the fans in the building, and both of those guys being on defense. I think Xavier Woods is going to be somebody that we're going to rely on, especially <laughs> on the back end of the field. I think Xavier Woods is going to be absolutely juiced for this game. And so he and Everson trying to get after this this uh, Cowboys offense, I think, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Gabe, you talked to Xavier about this game in particular. What did he say? He has it, he has it circled and he's motivated because one thing, one question that I asked him was, man, like when you were playing for the Cowboys, you posted a picture on social media like after every single game. You haven't posted one since you've been in Minnesota. And one thing he said is like he's motivated. He's felt he's taken some things personally that that happened this offseason. I won't get into too many details about it, but he he has this game circled for sure. And one thing that we brought up is he has an interception against every single NFC East team but the Cowboys. Bring it go. full circle this upcoming Sunday. And I think I think he's going to be pump juice. Oh, yeah. And Grant, I mean, you know, he's seen these guys for four years, so he knows how these guys like to run routes. You know how Dak thinks. So I think that, that helps info. us well. Right. So inside info. having him and Harrison Smith, who I mean, Harrison <laughs> sure. is the smartest safety in the NFL, according to Aaron Rodgers. So that that will bode well for this defense. All right. Well, I'm going to go into my treat because mine is kind of a little bit more defense related as well. But the Cowboys might be the highest scoring offense right now, but they score 16 points fewer on the road. Yeah. So I think that we could take advantage of that. And by we, I mean the crowd. I mean, you need to get loud. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. We've already talked about that. And I think that can really affect the communication at the line of scrimmage. And so to me, 
the fact that this game is here on Halloween night, as I've mentioned a million times already, and it's going to be crazy, is is such a treat, I think, for not only the team, but the fans as well. You know, Jay, you know, like last year, there, there were a few games, Tennessee uh, for sure, Dallas. That was like one of the three games last year where I, I said, if fans were in attendance, yes. we would win this game. Yes. And I think with fans in attendance, it gives us a greater chance. of. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Seattle. Like, we had never beaten Seattle in Minnesota. Russell Wilson had never played at U.S. Bank yeah, Stadium. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And the fact that the fans were so rowdy, that caused him not having his best game. That that caused a 30-17 to 17 win uh, in week two. So fans got to be – they got to mm-hmm. be rowdy. We haven't beat the Dallas Cowboys at home since 2010. So to get a win on Halloween night, that'll be a scary sight. Super special. And the thing about it, too, is these Dallas games typically aren't blowouts. They're mm-hmm. usually nail biters down to the end. Another one, Jay? Yes. Really? Are we really going to have up. another one? Buckle up. Get ready no. for that that roller coaster again. <laughs> it's it's going Especially to, these next five weeks. And and if you also think about it, even just across the league, most of these primetime games have been just electric. You know, That's true. There, there haven't been a ton of blowouts, and I don't foresee this one being another one. And, mm-hmm. I, and honestly, if it is, I hope it's on our end. But it's... <laughs> It's one of those things that whenever we play Dallas, like I said before, Dallas fans travel super well everywhere, but there are usually a lot of Cowboys jerseys here in the in, oh, in the yeah, stadium. Yeah, they're always everywhere. But for me, the thing about it is I, I made the same point for the last couple of weeks is this one being at home, I think, is a huge, huge mm-hmm. point. And it's a launching point for the, the next chunk of game. So if you do get this one, and you got another 10 coming after this and you've just beat the Dallas Cowboys who's one of the you know top flight teams in the league the confidence boost on this sure. team is going to be off the charts yep well, we do have to go negative again, though. No, I'm kidding. We're going to do some more tricks now. We're going to do our second round of the neighborhood trying to get more candy. Uh, game your your trick that you think something might trick the Vikings on Sunday. Well, this Cowboys team, they start strong. They are the best first quarter offense in the NFL. And they are the second best third quarter offense scoring in the NFL. Oh, I don't like hearing that one. We know we have not, other than last week, we have not, well, the Carolina Panthers game, we have not had strong starts on both sides of the ball. So the fact that those guys, have, I think they've scored on the first drive of the game in every single game but one this season, I think that 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 is a trick right there. We have, we have to start strong. I think our 12th man, like you said, with the Purple Faithful, that'll play a, a huge effect into how they start off. But at the same time, that that does that does make me uh, that you know, third that quarter make one me makes me nervous. Bit. We know that that's kind of been a little bit of like that window of the before halftime and right after halftime has been a window of weakness, I guess yeah. you could say for this defense. And so, yeah, that yeah. makes me a little nervous. They average thirty three points a game. Eighteen of those points come in the second half. So we we gotta we gotta start strong and finish strong also. Jay, do you want to go with your trick next? Sure. Uh, the next one that I got in the list here is, you know, with all of the the hype and talk of the wide receiver core on this team, for me, there's actually another group that makes me nervous on their offensive side of the ball. That's the tight end situation. With Dalton Schultz and, and Blake Jarwin, those two guys combined have five touchdowns in the first six games. Mm-hmm. So they definitely utilize those guys a ton, especially in the red zone, similar to kind of how we we use some of our guys that way too. But Dalton Schultz is actually the third-ranked wide receiver yardage-wise on this team. He's got 359 yards so far and three touchdowns. So Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin are actually two guys, like we talked about a little bit earlier, 
Kendricks and Barr and those guys are going to be on their P's and Q's with those two guys, especially in the red zone. Yeah, and names that we really hadn't seen before this season that we were watching. I mean, I know as someone who plays fantasy football, I did not know that that was happening. (laughs) And part of it for them is, you know, they've had top flight tight ends in the past and and these guys are Jason Witten. Exactly. And that's the thing is, you know, guys like Witten have have just – They've been the staples, you know, those guys and Moose Johnson kind of kind of players who mm. have been just historically top flight tight ends for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, these guys are trying to to make their own names at this yeah. point in, in the game. And like I said, I just every week it seems like all of a sudden they pop up on the stat sheet of them hitting a touchdown to the tight end. So pay attention to that here this Sunday night. Outside of, I think, CeeDee Lamb and Tyler Beatas, the center, Every player on this Dallas Cowboys offense, starters wise, have played together for four years. Oh wow! So that That's that alone huge. will will. I mean, you're speaking of the tight the end position, the chemistry. Yeah, sure. So him and Blake, Dak and Blake Jarin, they're on the same page. Dak and Dalton Schultz, they're on the same page. They know each other, and I feel like they use that as their advantage when they play against these these defenses that are still trying to figure it out. So got to take advantage of it. For me, my next trick is. Also involving the run defense. I know I did that the last time, but I'm a little nervous about Zeke and Tony Pollard. They're two top 10 rushers on the same team, and I know that the run defense is probably-ish. We're not sure about Michael Pierce, like you mentioned before. That's a hard person to replace on this line, and so for me, I'm a little bit nervous about that. The Vikings allow 128 yards per game on the ground. And, you know, it's funny because I haven't seen a lot of Zeke in the passing game this season. It's really been a lot of run heavy for his for his load. But, I mean, Zeke is third. Tony Pollard's eighth. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. The the Not crazy because I think that's kind of expected when you hear Ezekiel Elliott is that they're going to be a tough run game. But I think it's a whole other dimension because you already mentioned their passing attack. And so the run defense has to be on point this season. Obviously, that comes down to – being in the right place at the right time, and we're talking about these linebackers in the passing game, I think they also have to be very aware of of the backfield. For sure. And I think that's what makes Dallas so dangerous is is you can't focus just on one area. Like, if you focus on Zeke, then CeeDee Lamb and, and Amari and those guys are going to go nuts on the back end and vice versa. If you just focus on those guys, you're going to get run up the middle by, by both Zeke and, and Pollard. And for me, Pollard was somebody coming out of college that I had circled – just because he was originally brought in and they're like, oh, yeah, he's just going to be a kick return guy. And it's like, mm, not so much. <laughs> not like, so fast. He's gotten to the point where both of those guys are absolutely dangerous. And so I think to take pressure off of Dak, they're going to have to have a healthy dose of those two guys running up on our defense. So for me, I think you're you're spot on there. Yeah. Those two guys are going to be crucial. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do the treats. Though. Oh, sorry. No, I was about to say, you're right. Pollard scares me more than Zeke. Yeah, well, so. because he can, he's been he's been a, ver- a factor mm-hmm. in the short game, yeah. which I think makes I, I everyone just, on their they have to be on their toes because that that's also a factor out there. I think just him as a a threat in general. He, I feel like he's he's the person that beat us last year, the thirty eight yard touchdown. He's in been the third a little quarter. bit more quiet though in yeah. the past couple of weeks, and that's how they want him with Zeke. It's kind of yeah, they kind of like ebb and flow, where Zeke didn't have a great start to the season, and Pollard was making bank out in the backfield so <laughs> yeah i mean tony pollard is six in the nfl in all purpose yards he kick return punt return receiving rushing he does everything so while we're trying to stop stop zeke <laughs> don't forget about number 20 well let's move on to the treats let's do some let's end this thing on a high note what is something that you think the vikings can take advantage of on sunday gabe <sighs> 
I want like. Wow, that's I'll, not I'll just, how I I'll want just, a treat to start at all. Like, <laughs> that's taking a bite of the caramel apple like, going, what I'm kind like, of apple we second. got? I thought this was a good thing. <laughs> like, I'm going to just pick you back up off of your point. Sure. Like, I, I really think we can run the ball effectively on this team. Um, last week was the first time they allowed our 100-yard rusher all season. So we can run the ball as long as we don't like as long as we don't make mistakes and turn the ball over or don't have like useless penalties like they'll hurt themselves. They'll beat themselves. You just got to run the ball effectively and get downhill and, and and just control the clock. Like I'm I'm not too concerned about their defense at all. Um, I, I think, love the clock point you said, though, because yeah. it's true. I mean, when you have an offense that's the highest scoring in the NFL, oh, you gotta, keep them off the field. Right. Keep them, and while you keep them off the field, you got to score points, too. Oh, yeah. You can't. So mm-hmm. I, I think we, we got to finish drives. That's one thing the New England Patriots did last week. They finished drives and took time off the clock when they did so. So I, I think we're a better offense than New England, in, in my non bias. Um, so I think there will be opportunities for us to take advantage of that. Something that we talk about every single week on all these different shows is you can't be trading field goals for touchdowns in this game. You have to punch the ball in. And that's something that I think that, you know, offensively they've been looking at saying, why have we stalled out on some of these drives, especially in the red zone? Mm -hmm. You have to score touchdowns this week. We have had trouble with three and outs this season. It's Mm -hmm. like boom or bust. Like you don't really even put a drive together where it can take some time off the clock, even though you didn't score. So we need to really avoid the three and outs. And like you said, sustained drives. So Jay, what is your treat? Hopefully you start yours off a little happier than Gabe did. Uh, Not so much on this one. (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh, you guys are killing me. I guess I should have brought candy. I was going to say, this is reaching into the grab bag, trying to figure out if you're going to get some candy corn or not. Um, The biggest thing for me is which deck are we going to get? Are you going to get the guy who's currently top 10 in passing yards, passing touchdowns and and lack of interceptions? Or are we going to get a kind of past skittish Dak when he's not comfortable or injured? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the biggest question. I think everyone's going to be watching the, the updates all week long to figure out what's happening with this guy. And I think Dallas is probably going to play the same game that, that we've played in the past of you're not really going to leak anything until you absolutely have to at the end of the week. But mm-hmm. We're going against Mike McCarthy. McCarthy knows this Vikings defense well, having been in Green Bay. And I think with Dak, the biggest thing is going to be how healthy is that leg and then how comfortable or uncomfortable are we going to make him during this game? Very, very good point. Yeah, I like that. You just don't know. And that's kind of the the scary part right now. And obviously, without practice and things like that, knowing what he looks like out there just yet, we really, really have no idea. It's like he's wearing a mask and then – you know, Halloween night when it ends, you'll see Takes what you off. get. He's Jason. He's <laughs> <laughs> it fits the Halloween theme of the nervousness and anticipation That's of true. what we're yeah. actually going to get here. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, my treat is that I think we can take advantage of their. I don't know. I don't know how exactly to word this, but they're not very good in the red zone. Mm. Their red zone efficiency, fourteen of twenty-five. Mm-hmm. which I think is kind of surprising, which, you know, I, I think is a team that scores as much as they do. A lot of it's not been in the red zone. Um, so force them to make field goals. Cause this is going to be, I have a feeling it's going to be last possession. Well, I mean, I don't feel like I'm breaking the mold with that prediction in this team right now, but whoever has the ball last and, and you need to score on every, t- every time. So the more field goals you can force them to the better turnovers in the red zone too. Yeah. They got two, two fumbles in the red zone this year which is like the third worst in the NFL. You just never know. Bend, but don't break defense. Exactly. We, we know that they're going to get yards, but don't break. Similar to that Cleveland Browns game, 
of course, that fourth down against Eric Kendricks, which is still questionable. Sounds like you get nightmares from it. I still do. That's why I'm glad Halloween is coming up because I can voice that frustration <laughs> openly. <laughs> Exercise um, <laughs> demons. <laughs> so you you gotta you 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 have to be good in the red zone if you're the defense. To your point, Tatum. Great point. And one thing too is Zeke is known for letting that ball go a little yeah. too often, and so again. Mm-hmm. Put pressure on those guys, make some hits, get those guys thinking. Because if you get one or two turnovers early, mm-hmm. that's in the back of their mind. If it's something where all of a sudden they say, as Zeke's got a, a case of the dropsies, let's put Pollard in there for the rest of the game, then you can focus on that. But yep. it's the, it's again, it's the unknown going into this game or even how it's going to start to play out. If you can get some some pressure on those guys early, I think you can really start to kind of mess with their head. You may speak of the unknown, but Dalvin Tomlinson knows these Cowboys oh, well. He's seen them twice a year for the last few seasons. Eight and times, wow. Yeah, and so he knows this team well. He knows these cast of characters. Like you said, Gabe Earler, they've a lot of them been playing together for four years. So who better to talk to for a Cowboys scouting report and someone to get us ready for this Halloween night game than Vikings' Dalvin Tomlinson. Thank you so much to Dalvin Tomlinson for joining us right now on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Is this the first time you've been on the podcast? Yes, I think so. I think this is the first time. All right. I know you've made your rounds. We love having you on everywhere. I always tell everyone that um, you're just one of my favorites. You always have a big (laughs) smile on your face walking the hallway, and and I I love that attitude. Yeah, I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, you guys have got a tall task on Sunday to say mm-hmm. the least in this Cowboys team I know it's a team that you're familiar with it's yeah. w- one of the what three teams you've played the most in the league so what is your what are your general feelings about the Cowboys uh you know it's, I always know it's going to be a physical game and um you know I always want to beat the Cowboys when you play them. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, it's funny, though. I looked up your stats because I was really interested in the matchups that you played. Y'all hadn't beaten them until this last time, January 3rd. So what is it about that team that's just so hard to match up against? Um, You know, you just like the one of the biggest things, you have to stop the run. They have a great run game. And um, if you can't stop the run, is they open up a lot, a lot of the pass game, but you don't have to pass if you can't stop the run. So the biggest thing is, you know, it's going to be a whole 60-minute game where you play them every single time. The advantage that you guys have is playing them at home and the crowd on Halloween night. It's mm-hmm. going to be kind of crazy. Do you think the atmosphere at all will play into your hand? Uh, I always think so, especially when we play home. Uh just playing home against any team, I feel like their offense struggles a little bit with like communication is probably the biggest thing. So I feel like the crowd is going to help us out a lot this week. You know, we do talk about that a lot, like communication at the line, Dak making calls and maybe not no one being able to really hear him. Mm-hmm. But on your side of things, like when the crowd is that loud, do you guys sometimes have a hard time hearing each other too? <laughs> Most definitely, yeah. Um it's been like that since I was in college. Sure. Uh, the defense, we love like playing away sometimes just because you can hear each other. <laughs> but uh, we we love the energy just to be able to, to be on the field and you could feel the noise like on your skin is crazy. <laughs> oh, I love that on your skin. I feel like that really like kind of hits home. You can feel it's going to be nighttime. There's going to be the snow coming out of the stadium. I'm not sure. Have you guys even been able to notice that there's snow that comes from the ceiling? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I know you got other things on your mind, but it looks pretty cool. Um, when when you go up against a team that you are familiar with in your last few seasons, do mm-hmm. you have any extra 
advice or information, I guess you could say, for like your teammates throughout meetings and stuff this week? Uh, yeah, um, especially uh, the Cowboys. I've played on, what, uh, eight times? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I know. That's crazy. I want to get the offensive line a lot. And yeah. uh, we all pretty much know each other and stuff. So I got a little uh, pointers for each each guy we're going against. So, that's great. Yeah, it helps I mean, out. no, it's true. Because, I, mean, <laughs> I think one thing that we alluded to, at least Gabe alluded to in this podcast earlier, is that most of these guys have played together for four seasons, mm-hmm. which is – however many times you've played them. Yeah. So it's it's a recipe that you know full well. You know what you're up against in two top 10 rushers, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a tough two-headed monster. And, and as, you know, one of the anchors for the run defense, where have you guys tried to shore up the most to be prepared for this? Um, just uh, we have to be gap disciplined uh, the whole game. You can't uh, jump out your gap trying to make a play. Uh, just because it's possible for you to make it, you have to make sure you play that gap discipline and make the plays that come to you. And um, if we all do that, uh, all front seven linebackers and D line, feel like we're going to turn out pretty good. How does it feel to be a part of the defensive line that is tied for first in the NFL in sacks with 21? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I remember somebody said that something about that the other day, but I really don't even notice that we just go out there and try to have fun. So. Yeah, you don't really feel like, like you don't keep a tally of it or anything. Does it feel like you guys really dictate the the momentum of the game when you're out there? Uh, most definitely. I feel like the, the defensive line always brings uh, energy and sets the tone from the get-go when the defense on the field. Is this the best group of guys on the line that you've played with? Yeah, uh, I feel like every guy, every group I've played with has been different. And um, this this group is amazing. I love these guys. And um, like we all come to work every day. We're ready to work and just and continue to improve. Someone the other day said that when you and Michael Pierce met, it was like two long lost brothers finally finding <laughs> each other, which I thought was pretty comical. Like mm-hmm. how, how was it? Was it just like an immediate, like sometimes you just gel with people. Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I knew we were going to be good friends because he <laughs> went to, he was actually good friends with some of my Alabama teammates. That's true. Yeah. Right. And um, we were already good friends then. So I was like, uh, like Ryan Anderson and TJ Yeldon. And um, I just knew if he was anything like those two, we were going to click. So it, it was, when we first met, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was like a great friendship. What can um, a fast friendship do for the interior lineman, like the guy that you're playing next to? What can that do as far as when, as, far as when you hit the field and, and, and you're in the game? Um, it helps build that chemistry. You learn a lot quicker how to play with the guy next to you, and also you play for that guy too. So I know I might have to take up this double teams just so Mike could be able to get the one-on-one this time and make a big play. And like when your teammate make a big play, you, just, you feel like you made a big play too because you helped to make it. So uh, the chemistry you build is, is on a whole different level. What do you think is the identity of this defense, if, if you found it or not? I feel like well, we're still in the process, but uh, I know up front we want to be fi- – uh, we're building on physicality up front. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing. I'm sure a lot of Vikings fans are happy to hear that. They may not be as happy, though, to hear about the return of Lyle Collins, which we know is one of the anchors of this Cowboys offensive line mm-hmm. what's it like for him to come back in the mix like do you see that like he'll add something extra no oh, yeah you know whenever they bring one of the one of the starters come back and um he's a pretty good uh, offensive tackle and um it just makes me excited I, I, I love a challenge so uh having him back in the mix and everything with the other guys out there 
it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge out there and I'm super excited for it. Dak was limited at practice this week. He's mm-hmm. battling that calf injury, but you know, a fully healthy Dak is a dangerous guy out there. Did you play him when he was at Mississippi State? Mm-hmm. Have you so you played him at, and when you were at Alabama? Yeah. And then you played him eight times. <laughs> and the NFL probably tired of seeing the guy. Although one of, a couple of those I think um, was Andy Dalton? Yeah, Andy he Dalton was the uh, he he got actually got hurt in the first uh, time against us last year. Okay, and then Andy Dalton was the second game. Right. So you've seen a lot of Dak. So what does Dak do well? Uh, <laughs> Dak is yeah, he's he's a good quarterback. He can he can throw it now. Uh, people always forget <laughs> that part. He, right? he he can he got an arm on him, and also he can move around the pocket. He's not just gonna sit there and let you tackle him. Like you have to contain him. You have to collapse the pocket on him. And I uh, try to affect him throughout the whole game to get him off his game because, like you said, a healthy deck is a dang- dangerous deck. So you have to get him off his game, get him uncomfortable throughout the whole game. And, uh, yeah, just uh, you got to affect him. Did you see that this could be – like his game could translate this well to the NFL? Um, I, I, I seriously thought so uh, yeah. in college, just playing him. Uh, when he was at Mississippi State, I was like, yeah, he, he has the potential to be a great quarterback. Yeah. I know that's so crazy. It must be, it's, but, it, but I mean, at the same time, it must be like really cool to see guys that you played in college now at this level, and you really know mm-hmm. kind of what makes them tick. Yeah, um, it's it's cool just to be able, to, like like you said, to see them go from college to the NFL. Is just it's crazy. <laughs> It is crazy. Well, thank you so much to Dalvin Tomlinson for joining us on the podcast. I know you're just like everyone else out here, and we just want to beat the Cowboys so bad on Sunday. But (laughs) it's going to be a really nice atmosphere, and we wish you the best of luck in the game. I appreciate it. Always great to hear from Dalvin Tomlinson. He's been one of my favorite additions this offseason. I love how amazing he is with the media, how nice he is, how willing and available he is. And I like how he just kind of, I mean, I don't know. He's one of those guys I pass in the hall. And he's always smiling. I love that about him. He's a really good guy. Um, you have the guys on the team that don't really care to do stuff with the media. And then you have the guys on the team that just get it. It's just like, okay, this is what I got to do. I'm going to tell a good story. I'm going to have some fun with it. And that's, that's Dalvin Tomlinson. So it's always good to have him on. Yeah. And it's always good to have his play on our defensive line. Yes, great addition as well. Well, Gabe, we've got a lot going on this week as far as content. What is going on with the Audible this week? It makes its return with a brand new episode. Last week, Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson were explained as two long-lost brothers that weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> so Michael Pierce will be on this week, and I'm sure he'll have some Dalvin Tomlinson stories and just some good stuff, especially coming back from injury. Like I said, I'm not sure if he's playing this Sunday or not. He's mm-hmm. going to try to for sure. But he plays Baltimore next Sunday. And that's the game he's eyeing, huh? So that's the game he's eyeing. So to be able to get his thoughts before all that happens, because he's going to get a lot of media attention, a lot of media attention next week. So just going to have some fun with him. We know he's an interesting guy. He is a... Speaking of guys that are great with the media, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the guy could have his own show. He's so interesting. Jay, who is a master of everything, is the editor for The Audible. And I feel like, Jay, the last time we had him on, we had to cut off like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, those guys in general, they're very much the... When you're saying, oh, it'd be great to have him on a show, I'm first person raising my hand saying, get these guys in the room and stick a mic in front of their face because <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. So that's the audible. Definitely check it out. And we've got a really exciting Vikings Vantage for you guys on Friday as well. Yep. Bringing up a a little blast from the past with a little Terrence Newman, uh, former longtime cowboy and with the Vikings here for three seasons. 
Terrence Newman, absolutely great guy, ended up becoming a, a coach as well. He was essentially a player's coach when he was on the field. Zim absolutely loved this guy when he first came to the team, you know, is definitely with the connections back in Dallas. Terrence Newman this Friday is going to be an awesome interview, so make sure to check that out Friday night on KFAN at 6.30 p.m. And we've got opposing viewpoints this week. Cowboys team reporter David Hellman, also an LSU Tiger. I did not hmm. plan that. That's just how it happened. You sure about that? I swear. We're just <laughs> everywhere. Uh, he's going to be on the show. He's If you follow, don't follow him on Twitter. He's actually a very, very funny follow. So I expect hmm. some comedy on this show straight out. Of, and he knows he's been with the team for a long time, so he knows these guys in and out. So we'll get like the latest DAC update, which will be really good. They'll they have, I think he's availabilities on Thursday, yeah. and that's when we record the show. So he'll have the latest on Dak straight from the horse's mouth, which I feel like is such a, is such a that, no, that's more of a Devin White joke than a. You think he'll break some Dak. news on opposing viewpoints? No, this week? I don't think we're going to hear breaking news, but you, but I think we're going to have lots of fun. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I'll break. I was news. trying to throw you a softball. Basically, I know, but say, you know, yeah, but you know just... me. I'm like ah, really overthinking it. <laughs> classic, classic. No, it's and all then good. we also have game day live on Sunday. Gabe and I are usually on it as well, and yeah. so that'll be on Fox Nine. And the interview this week, the player interview this week, is with KJ Osborne, <sighs> Mr. Clutch. I know. I was actually going to ask him about that if yeah. he's going to if the K in his name stands for Clutch. That's a great Clutch Clutch Junior Osborne. Clutch, I don't know. Clutch James. Clutch Jr. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I'll 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 take it. So that'll be a really fun interview. He's always a good time as well. Just another guy who we've enjoyed getting to know over the last two seasons. So it's a big game, you guys. The Vikings return to US Bank Stadium Sunday night. It's the first primetime game of the season against the Dallas Cowboys. If you're going to the game, as we've mentioned all show long, we highly encourage you to be loud and wear a costume. Your, I think wearing a costume would be pretty cool. And your mask. There, but that's the thing. There are a couple of rules going into this weekend. Um, you know, we've we've heard some people, especially internally, just double check. Make sure to check out Vikings.com and some other places as far as what potential uh, restrictions there are going into Sunday night's game. I just know, like, full masks and that kind of stuff. There, there tends to be some some uh, rules on some of that kind of thing, but just double check that you're not necessarily bringing anything that looks like a weapon or any of that kind of stuff that might get you stopped at the door. I just don't want people bringing a bunch of stuff and being all excited and then having to go back to their cars and drop them off. So just double check before you show up on Sunday night, but make sure to come and be as rowdy as possible. Yeah, we need you guys to be loud, disrupt the Cowboys, disrupt Dallas. Yep. That is how... Disrupt Dak. There you go. All right. So be sure to be loud. Show up. I think the crowd is going to be such a huge factor as we've talked about in this game. And so we're really excited for you guys. And plus, football's back. We had a week off. So be sure to stick with Vikings.com, the Vikings app for everything you need to know to get ready for the weekend, as Jay recommended, especially when it comes to all of the stadium restrictions. Vikings.com will be your source for anything you need to get ready for the big Cowboys game. We'll see you on Sunday. Ooh.